You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks are with you on a Tuesday after an incredible weekend of college football with the Bulls, including semifinals in the playoffs. We don't usually say that. Usually the games think they did not this year. Joining us right now to talk about it, Michael Felder. From, um, I mean, every place you see him, and he's including with us uh, here. We're happy to have him, as always. Join us at the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America pack their best in the bedrooms. GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Uh, Michael, welcome back to the show. We finally did it. We got good college football semifinal <laughs> games. Uh, before we get to the spread on the title game, and just, like, just give me your reaction. Watch those two games on Saturday because, I mean, that, that hour – uh, I was out to dinner. I got in the car. It was like, I remember the score, 21-6, that first semifinal game, TCU-Michigan. Yep. Got back home. It felt like 45 points were scored in the next 20 minutes. That that game was ridiculous and obviously a, a great game to cap it off. Your reaction of those two games we saw Saturday? Uh, I'm, I'll start with, with, with the, the, the TCU-Michigan game that you brought up. TCU, uh, they did two things. One, they made Michigan play their game, which I thought was really important. They, they forced Michigan to chase them. And they jumped on him early, forced him to chase him. And, and going into the game, the thing that I said was TCU has to aim small, miss small. They got to pick their spots and pick their opportunity. And they have to always take advantage of any Michigan mistakes. And they did both of those things. The, the plays that they were able to get down the field were important. But I love the fact that they these little dink and dunk passes that turn into big plays were awesome for them. And then in the run game, and remember, Kendra Miller went out. So you've got Amari DeMarcado coming in. And this is a guy that we haven't really seen a ton of outside of, uh, you know, outside of, you know, some backup duty. And he was able to capitalize on every time Michigan didn't gap out. Boom, big play. Boom, big play. Boom, big play. So I love that about them. And then, um, look, we don't have to talk about Michigan in the national championship game. <laughs> uh, you addressed this last week. You were talking about points in Ohio State, Georgia. You're right on that. Yeah. We only got 83. We almost got to the 100 mark in the other semifinal game with TCU, yeah. Michigan. Uh, even though you expected in the one, were you shocked at the number of points? I mean, these overs cash so early. Like, just early on in the game, you're like, oh, this is flying over that very elevated n- numbers uh, that were set in high 50s, lower 60s. Uh, were you surprised at the at the pace and just the, the amount of scoring that we ended up seeing? Uh, no, because here's the thing. I, I played defensive back in college. Defensive back is the hardest position to play because you make one mistake and that turns into a touchdown. If you miss a tackle, that turns into a touchdown. If you and your other guy get, don't aren't on the same page, that turns into a touchdown. If you slip, that's a touchdown. All these things can be touchdowns. And so what we saw was an Ohio State team that knew they understood the, the assignment. They knew that they had to pull out every stop. Uh, they had to push, 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 push. And mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud on the run. C.J. Stroud on the run I thought was really, really big, really good for them. They were good enough to win that football game. Obviously, 
they lose on a missed field goal, but they were good enough to win that game. Uh, Georgia, I, I don't think Georgia needs to do any soul searching. What Georgia did was probably, and, and I was talking to uh, Christian Hackenberg uh, on Sunday, he said he, he thought that this might have been the national championship game, Ohio State versus Georgia. So this was a game between two teams that were equally matched, and Georgia had to pull it out where they were like, you know what, we can't just grind it out. We've got to do some things a little bit differently. The Kenny McIntosh touchdown for Georgia I thought was really impressive because it was an A-gap run where they eliminated the offensive line – or excuse me, the defensive line by creating screen action and then letting him sneak back into that backside A-gap, which is really cool to see. So for me, yeah, the overs the overs all hit. They hit convincingly. They hit in a big way. So I, I, I do feel good about being able to say that last week. I want to circle back to Michigan for a second. Um, if they win that game, perhaps Jim Harbaugh doesn't consider an NFL offer. But now, um, you know, as recently as six hours ago, the Athletic says sources close to Jim Harbaugh say if, it's a done deal if he gets an NFL offer. What has been your overall assessment of Jim Harbaugh as a college coach? And do you think he'll be successful um, in the NFL again? Um, you know, how do you see this playing out? I think one, yes, I think he'll be successful in the NFL. The players are just better. And I think he does better with better players. And I will say this, over the course of his career, we'll go back to Stanford. I think at Stanford, not having expectations helped him to create some big success. At Michigan, having expectations is a pressure cooker that is just, it's a lot. Like you watch, you, we, we all saw his face on, 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 on Saturday where he was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. It was very, um, it was very, like, it looked like, it reminded me a lot of Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, if we're being quite honest, uh, just like <laughs> kind of freaking out of like, why is this happening to me? And remember, we're talking about a guy, and, and listen, listen, he elevated that talent level. He elevated this program. They got to the playoff two years in a row. These are all positives. But when you're state of the state of the art in the right world, when you're a bruising offensive line, who many people call the best offensive line in the country this year, when they gave up 13 tackles for loss, oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. When you're quarterback, and you're the quarterback guru, right? You're supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. You're the guy that turns – you make quarterbacks' careers. And I know J.J. McCarthy threw for 340-something yards, but he also did two pick sixes. And that's a problem. And those were – the first one, I think, was a bad, a bad play call. You don't have a guy throw from near near hash to far sideline on an out like that. That's asking for the defensive back to take it. The other one was a bad throw. So this is one of those things where I think for him, this is – I don't know, like maybe he feels like it's a mountain. He might not be able to summit, so he might have to go to a place where he's already had success. Remember, when he was with the 49ers, um, they're good. They're good. They're pretty dang good football team. Yeah. We're talking to Michael Felder here from uh, It's Felder and, of course, Field of 12. Uh, Michael, first look at the title game now. Now that we talked through these two matchups we saw on Saturday, yeah. I opened it at 13 and a half. It's down to 13, but we're looking at you know, a big number here. Georgia as a favorite, of course. Uh, I mean, my first thought is it feels like a lot of points. What are you thinking here with the 13 uh, number right out there right now on TCU, Georgia? I'm not going to doubt TCU at all. Uh, this is a team that, one, we saw some vulnerability. They're going to look at this Ohio State game, and they're going to look at what can we duplicate to create problems. I know Georgia's going to go back and watch tape to try to clean stuff up as well. But, again, at the end of the day, defensive backs are going to make mistakes, whether it's on them or it's the official call to pass interference that gives you a free first down. It doesn't matter. 
defensive backs are in the worst position in college football right now. So I think the big key is going to be how do you attack these guys? And you know what? Just don't attack Keely Ringo. Go go anywhere else, you'll be okay. Just don't attack Keely Ringo. He's really good. So um, I think he might be the first corner off the board, honestly. So the big thing for me when I look at this is, look, look, look if you go line item by line item by line item to get to that 13 and a half. And what was the, what's the, what's the over under on this one? 62 and a half, which is, which is higher than what we had in Ohio State, Georgia, because that was at 62, yeah. but just about the same number. Okay, so we're looking at 31-31. Okay, 31-31, or 32-31, okay. But the reality for me is, can TCU stop them from getting to 30, 30 points? I don't think so at all. Absolutely not. Can TCU get to 30 points against this t- football team? That's the biggest question when you look at the over-under. Can TCU get to 30? Because Georgia... I know Georgia's going to get to 30. Georgia's probably going to get to 40. But can TCU get to 30? Still like the over here. I think when you look at that 13 and a half, that becomes the question of can TCU get to 30? If TCU can't get to 30, I think Georgia covers the number. But if TCU can't get to 30, but if TCU can get to 30, then we're looking at a game that's a little bit more compressed than the almost two touchdowns that they're giving us right now. Do you think TCU can win? Listen, with Max Duggan, I think they can do anything, honestly. Like, this is – it's listen, there's two things I need to find out. Do we have a healthy Kendra Miller? And what does it look like early in the game? I, I, I and, Well, actually, what's Georgia's disposition early in the game is more important. And that's a thing we'll never know until they step out onto the field. But if Georgia's disposition is to come out and decide we're going to score 50 points today, then that's a different team than – we're going to kind of lean with it, rock with it, and, and figure out what happens over the course of this game and do enough to win. But if they come, if Georgia comes out and they want to score 50 points, then I think TCU's in for a long day. So if TCU is going to get the upset, it'll come down to what? Oh, healthy Kendra Miller, for sure. Attacking on the um, offensive side of the ball. And I think it's going to come down on the on, – you flip it around – they're going to have to play that same face-up style that they played against Michigan in terms of every gap being complete. You look at the TCU-Michigan game, and the beautiful thing for me was they messed up early. Donovan Edwards had a huge run, and then we saw them settle into just doing little things right. So for TCU, I think it's the same approach as it is to play in Michigan. The problem is Georgia's just better than Michigan. When you go back to that Ohio State game and the coaching there, I mean – it just stood out to me the end that the sequence at the end with a pass where they almost got picked off and then a, you know yep. then and he's hit behind the the backfield there. What, what do you think about how Ryan Day handled that? I I thought Ohio State had a real chance to go win that game and it just felt like it, they made that field goal attempt harder than it had to be with the way yes. they called it at the end. What do you think there? I, I I think Georgia's lucky to be in this game. I mean Ohio State outplayed them for a lot of that game on Saturday night. Yeah, that's that's why I said Ohio State was good enough to win. And honestly, if Marvin Harrison Jr. catches that touchdown at the back of the end zone, they probably do win. So I think at the end of the day, the way Ryan Day, the day, the day, the day, good grief. But I think (laughs) at the end of the game, the way that Ryan Day handled the back end of it, um, I think C.J. Stroud really showed that he does have what it takes for the next level. He's willing to, to, you know, kind of risk it for the biscuit, go out there and go get it. And then on the other side of it, it seemed like Day went back into his bag. And we saw this we saw this against, I believe, was it against Clemson, I believe, with Justin Fields, 
where he tries to control the whole thing instead of letting his quarterback go play. And I'll I'll reference Alabama. Alabama, they know they're at their best when Bryce Young, their field general, he's just out there doing his thing. And it felt like they were still trying to corral C.J. Stroud to get him into perfect plays instead of letting him play perfectly. Those are two completely different things. So uh, Houston locks up the number one pick, and the Texans fans out there had to be salivating, watching yes. what was going on. <laughs> uh, Bryce Young, he was looking good. He yes. wasn't in the marquee game, but he looked darn good. Do you think that is locked up, that Bryce Young is going to be number one pick, and he's going to be the Texans quarterback? And then, you know, Indy, they're going to go quarterback whenever they yeah. go. They could be top five. We'll see. Uh, Arizona, they're probably going to have a new coach. They just gave Kyler the bag. That's going to be interesting uh, what they end up doing. But uh, the ones that, that are also intriguing. So Houston, are they going Bryce Young? And then yes. Seattle and Detroit. Seattle and Detroit, they, they got good quarterback play, but it's not the quarterbacks of the future. They're going to be right. top six picks. Do they go QB? So I, I, here's what I think. And this is interesting also because I live in Charlotte. So – the Panthers are also another team that's going to be on the board for, for our quarterback. So, I, for me, I think, one, if Hendon Hooker doesn't get hurt, I wonder where he fits into this whole mix. But I think Bryce Young is absolutely QB1, no doubt in my mind. I think C.J. Stroud is QB2, no doubt in my mind. And then after that, that's when I start to ask questions because I'm not a huge Will Levis fan. I, I think he's okay, but I'm not a huge fan of his. I think he's okay. He has all these physical tools that you want, but I don't know that he's going to be the guy that steps in and, like, gets things done. Even at Kentucky, they didn't ask him to do very much. They asked the run game. They leaned on the run game with uh, Rodriguez. And, and and before that, it was – um what's his name? Now I can't remember his name. He had a fun name. And now I, The running back from two years ago from Kentucky, him. And then – um. Uh, and, and so I don't know about that. And then Hinton Hooker is an interesting piece because he's someone that looked good in a speed and space offense. Obviously, he can make the throws that he needs to make, but he's also coming off an injury. Where do you pick him? How can you pick him? What do you do with that? And then um, Devin Leary electing the transfer. He's actually going to Kentucky. Mm. And then, um, like, guys that I thought might take a leap to go to the next level are, are – are, are, transferring and, and staying in school. Oh, oh, and by the way, we got Anthony Richardson on the board too, who's another guy. I like the scariest thing about Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are there. There's an offensive coordinator. There's two offensive coordinators out there that are going to watch the tape and be like, I can fix this. Mm-hmm. I can fix this. And that's the part that's going to be really interesting to see which one of them comes off the board first and where they fit in the overall picture. Is it top 10? Is it top 15? Where do they fit? They are, Truly the opposite of Kenny Pickett from a year ago. With Kenny Pickett, you were like, oh, he's done everything. He's played a ton of football. We know what we're going to get. With Levis and, and, and Richardson, they haven't played a ton of football. You have no idea what you're going to get. And they're still probably going to get picked before, obviously, Pickett went to the Steelers. Really quick, anything you have your eye on prop-wise for this national title game? We have less than a minute. Oh, I mean, you guys tell me. What do we got? What are the props that we got? You tell me. I can't bet on props here, but uh, in in my <laughs> state. So I, I guess I thought maybe – I don't think they're posted, but I just thought if there was an angle you might be looking at or have your eye on that – Oh, I'm – so for me, the big thing that I'm looking for if he plays 
Kendra Miller yards. I think he does go over because I think they're going to be so focused on that, on Quentin Johnston and um, Savion Williams. I also think Savion Williams yards because, remember, he didn't have a big game against Michigan. So I think that number, his number might be lower once that comes out. And on the other side of things, want to see a healthy Darnell Washington. But I think Kenny McIntosh, um, total yards, is probably going to be the thing that I'm looking forward to because he's a guy that we saw them use him in the pass game. Didn't have the best game on the ground, but they used him in the pass game, and he worked out wonders, including getting that touchdown. Great stuff. Michael, we always appreciate hopping on. Michael Felder on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest on the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more and more in NFL Week 18 next on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.